WPTF. WPTF. I love that song. The theme to making your home great. A News Radio 680 WPTF. Dave Alexander along with Tim Ferruzzi. Tim, welcome. How you doing? Hello, good. Good. Good to hear from you. Football season has started, huh? Yeah. Are you going to be home and watching TV and screaming at inappropriate moments during the show? Me? Yeah. I mean, you know, Uh, you mentioned football. uh, No? no, Well, I watched the Carolina... Pittsburgh preseason game the other day. That was a good game. Yeah. And there's something going on today. College college football, I think, is, has got its official start today. That's right. So, yep. All right. Tim Ferruzzi, of course, from Handy Helpers and Highland Residential Roofing. Uh, it, I, I tell you what, your industry is um, has been, uh, you know, uh, you can talk about it in a lot of different ways. Nationally, your industry is going to be extraordinarily busy over the next few years i can just see it well i think um i think people are you know the fundamentals uh in the industry finance everything i think people with the economic situation we all just went through right from uh 06 to 2012 kind of got people back to the fundamentals so people are, are trying to uh, not be in heavy debt and they want to just maybe take care of what they have right. and just improve what they have and stay in their home. And the flip side of that, of course, is that a major U.S. city just sustained uh, tens of thousands of home, I don't want to say losses, but my gosh, it's going to be most of those homes. Yeah, 130,000 homes, I think they're saying. Tim, aren't, aren't some of those simply going to be full losses? Well, yeah, um, some friends have asked me if I'm entertaining going down there, and, and I'm not. I uh, I had my fill back with Hurricane Andrew. I went down in Hurricane Andrew back in 1992, and I got a good experience down there. And um, you know, there's all kinds of situations you're dealing with in that scenario. Uh, people, you know, they have to raise their prices because it's, the cost of doing business is tougher. You know, yeah. if you get from point A to point B, you have to charge more for what you're doing, and I think in general contractors get a a bad uh, shake on 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 you know this price gouging thing, but you know the hotels charge them more. Right. The food goes up in price, and the gas prices go up. Of course, when the gas prices go up, they don't get any flack from that, do they? But the lumber right. prices right. go up because it's the cost of doing business. But you know, that's one hundred thirty thousand homes are saying down there that uh, and right. FEMA. My experience with FEMA is they're just underfunded and when i give somebody a price for twenty thousand dollars to do flood work Mm -hmm. related to fema fema's only giving the people four or five thousand dollars to do the project because that's all that they've got appropriated and you can't touch the project for that so that's been my experience over the last 30 years and i don't think it's improved i think it's the same situation and most people don't have flood insurance you know in north carolina how many of us have flood insurance? Ten percent, fifteen percent, and I think it's the same down in Houston. I don't think I do. Now I'm at the bottom of a hill, <clears throat> and it wasn't—I don't know—a thousand yards away from me that a road had the road washed out. In other words, down the hill from me, in a swampy area, they closed off a road, and it was permanently closed for I don't know two months because it washed out. 
Yeah. So, I, you know, that kind of well, indicates think, to me I should. Well, you, home, the homeowners, the mortgage companies usually require it or don't require it, and that's right. what makes people make the decision. You would think that if the homeowner's insurance, home, the mortgage company doesn't require it, right? you would think that if you didn't have flood insurance, that the mortgage company would step up and and help you because they didn't require it or, or something of the sort. I, right. I don't, you know, I mean, obviously, there's only so much money to go around, but... Um, you know, and homeowner's insurance is fairly inexpensive, mm-hmm. generally speaking, when you don't need it, when you're in an area that has high uh, high chances of it not happening versus uh, the reverse. So, uh, yeah, who knows? Well, it's uh, But yeah. lumber prices, material prices are definitely going to go up. It's the fourth largest city in the, in the country, and many homes were affected, many buildings. So it's going to affect our petroleum prices. It's going to affect our material prices, and it's right. going to affect other prices as well. You do expect that everything from two by fours to sheetrock and uh, drywall and, and and other things are going to go up nationally or maybe just regionally because of the re- no it's na- going to be national national yeah. because I mean, of the you look at, demand you, exactly you look at the other big storms that hit uh, andrew and um fran and sandy and uh you know many others when they have big storms like that it just you, the resources start getting pushed in that direction so it's a supply demand thing right and i want everybody to understand that tim and i you know we're asking about this on a strategic basis right tim and i are actually talking about the industry and the the what's going to have to happen for some people it's understood that we feel the pain of the people who are going through this terrible event and the people whose homes have been damaged i don't want to talk i don't want to talk in a way that sounds mercenary but I think that people like Tim are going to have uh, fo- uh, maybe a hard time hiring folks because fellows with, uh, you know, drywall experience and and a hammer, and a, they're going to be heading down to Texas. I think it's going to be well, difficult. And well, if, that's, same, that, that, that's true. That's partly true. And then also when you're down there, even closer, you know, Louisiana, Alabama, right. any area around it even gets more difficult. It doesn't affect us as much here uh-huh. from a labor standpoint. Um, I mean, it will to some degree, but uh, down there in that whole region, it's going to affect it. And, of course, people that employ workers are going to lose their workers because the workers are going to say, hey, I want to go out and do it myself and try to make a buck. Yeah. And uh, so that's the nightmare that I dealt with down in Andrew. Yeah. Um, just everywhere put prices being pushed up that you can't afford to do but so much, and you have to raise the prices. Otherwise, you're just servicing money. I have a fellow coming in, Rob Clark, from Carolina Restoration Services, will be on with us at about 3 o'clock, and he told me some information just a few minutes ago that I was a little concerned about, about flood insurance. And it's not that I'm all that surprised about it, but if you are looking at the weather forecast and looking at Hurricane Irma, I have some bad news for you. It is too late for you to get flood insurance. Uh, based on Hurricane Irma, which is still even 1,200 miles from the Leeward Islands, which is uh, Montserrat and Antigua, but there's yeah, there's a time there's a time frame. I think it's yeah. uh, two to three weeks. You can't get it prior. You can't get yeah certain types of insurance prior to a storm hitting two or three weeks. He can confirm that, but uh, whatever the number is, I, yeah. I, I recall that. Yeah. Now our topic of the day is ventilation. Right, and, and we're going to talk about what whole house ventilation. You're you going to talk about HVAC, or you're talking about um, getting um, 
uh, bad things out of the underside of the house, you know, the crawl yeah. space. And, yep. and yeah. where yep. else? We're going to yeah. talk about, we're not going to talk much about HVAC. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about it. That is a, a, a very important component of, of ventilation and, and of your home and building. Right. And uh, by the way, I want to mention, yes, we've got our shows predetermined uh, with uh, topics until yep. the 11th of November, yes. as you know, Dave. Yes. So everybody out there just know that we always have a topic to talk about, uh, a main topic, but you're welcome to call in and ask questions about anything that may not be related to that topic. Uh, yeah. We're open for discussion. Next week, we're going to talk about concrete. Right. Um, and then the week af- weeks after is going to be ocean safety. Right. Insulation is going to be another topic. And mm-hmm. then we're going to talk about exteriors. And then on the 7th of October, I'm going to be talking about special projects, uh, things I've done over the last 30 years that I remember that were quite different or unusual or just uh, out of the ordinary. Um, so just wanted to give everybody, all the listeners, an idea of what's coming up for future topics. But, yeah, today's topic, as you know, Dave, is, is ventilation. And um, obviously in the summertime, we all think about our attics and our air conditioning bill, yeah. right? Yeah, I do. And, yeah. So, and that's a, that's, a, that's a major problem. It costs us a lot of money, and, and a lot of us don't realize how important uh, attic, controlling the attic heat and Mm-hmm. The moisture in the attic, which is a wintertime event, how important those are and how they affect our utility bills and our house, you know, the maintenance of our home. And, and crawl spaces are no different. So that's what we're going to discuss today, and I guess we can go right into it. Huh? That's good. We, we will in just a moment. I'll tell you what, I haven't gone outside my home that I've ever heard that gray box not making noise. The air conditioner is almost always working. Uh, but we'll talk about that with Tim Ferruzzi, not just about that, but about the ventilation that you need in your home and moving air around and uh, what happens if your attic is too hot. Talk about that in just a moment. Call us up, 919-860-9783, News Radio 680 WPTF, making your home great. want to compliment the people who work here during the week because yesterday and last night there was full coverage, complete detail down to specific zip codes practically of the bad weather moving through the area. And if we have to do it again, we will. Uh, Partly cloudy today, there is a possibility of an afternoon thunderstorm and a high temperature near 83. And there is this slight chance that Irma will turn in our direction, but we're we're days away from talking about that right now 75 with a real feel of 85 news radio 680 wptf temperatures essentially just below 90 uh or in the 80s really the next few days but tim ferruzzi from handy helpers and highland residential roofing here and we are talking about ventilation i've got one of those fans up that never stops i don't know whether it's ever supposed to stay in the winter it stops uh, but it's ventilating my attic. Why do I bother? Well, um, because ventilation is important. In fact, all major shingle manufacturers void their warranties mm-hmm. if uh, if your attic is improperly ventilated. So they have an automatic out. If you don't have proper ventilation yeah. built into your attic system, your warranty on shingles are gone. Yeah. And um, 
so many of the roofs that are really steep and, and hip roofs and angular roofs, they don't have enough ventilation uh, that you would think that they do based on the building. Mm-hmm. But you have to have 50% intake, which is the cool air, and 50% outtake. Well, what happens is you have these homes that are hip roofs or very steep roofs with a lot of, a lot of cubic feet uh, in the attic. Uh, versus your typical ranch home. Mm-hmm. So you have this huge amount of cubic feet that gets so hot, and there's not, there's not enough exhaust in most cases for the amount of intake. So you might have a lot of soffit vents around the house at your overhang that would be the fresh air intake, the cool air, and then you have ridge vent on the peak of the house that might be 30 feet long, but you have 300 feet of, of, um, of soffit vent, so they're not equal. They're supposed to be 50-50. So... If you have that scenario um, of any kind, you basically have no warranty on your shingles if it comes down to it. And other things are affected in the house by ventilation. Mm-hmm. Your paint manufacturers uh, have stipulations about ventilation. And we're talking about interior ventilation of your home. We're mm-hmm. talking about the attic, and we're talking about your crawl space. Insulation manufacturers, windows, doors, and many other building components have void, they'll avoid the warranties if they can prove that you have inadequate ventilation in any parts of the property. So that's why it's important. Plus, your utility bill it can be much higher because of that problem, and your heating and cooling unit outside, the unit itself, has to work harder, yeah. as well as that exhaust fan in your roof. If you don't have a solar fan in your roof, so you have an electrically run thermocyclic controlled fan like most people do um, when they have an exhaust fan on the roof whether it be in the gable or built into the shingles those are run by electricity and if that thing is running all the time like yours is that's causing extra costs you might consider having um two of them dave i you Um, know when you talk about this it's almost there's no topic at all that you don't address with my home that i don't think i need two instead of one or three instead of two Okay, so now I'm looking at the other side of the house and saying, can I pop a hole in there? Can I have somebody do this? Now I'm not doing it. And ventilate out the other side. Well, yeah, but you need to have somebody, a professional, come out and take a look at it. Um, There are equations. Uh, We just talked about the 50% intake, 50% outtake. Um, There's also cubic feet uh, equations that can be used. Most of the time you want your exhaust to be at, at somewhat of the same level on the roof if right. you can do it right um and by the way uh listeners we have uh brochures i've mentioned this on several shows uh it's called your home is under attack yeah. um it's made by one of uh a, a big ventilation company and that one went to the international roofing expo this past year as i try to do every year and i stopped by the booth and i grabbed things and i grabbed this brochure and i got back to my office i kind of skimmed through what i picked up I picked up this brochure, and I liked it so much. It's animated. It's very easy. It's a very easy read. In fact, some of the information I'm giving you is off of this brochure now. So anybody that wants one of these brochures, call me or email me. You can call me at 919-676-5969, or you can email me through our website at uh, uh, www.highlandroofingnc.com. Highland Roofing NC, like North Carolina.com, or you can get us at Handy Helpers Remodel 
com. And so what I did when I got back to my office and saw this brochure, I called up the manufacturer. I said, you know, I love this so much. Can you send me an entire box of these? And uh, I was talking to the marketing fellow top of the chain, and he said, absolutely. And within a week, I had a whole entire box of probably 1,500 to 2,000 of these things, maybe 5,000. I counted them. Yeah. So I've had people write us in based on what I've told them on the show for these, and I will send it to you in the mail, no charge, of course. I'll stick my business card in there, and that's it. There's no obligation. Just call us or email us, and we'll send you this brochure, and it will save you money. So I highly recommend you look at this thing. Um, so before I got off the topic there, yeah, that's bit, all right. what, what was your question, Dave? We were, I was asking, <laughs> you know, about the level of ventilation, and you just yeah. explained to me that it involves math which means i step away from it you know it involves math it also involves experience so you want to make sure that whoever's looking at it uh, has experience let me tell you something that's happened recently for me i've not installed many solar exhaust fans over the years i've installed hundreds of the thermostatic and controlled fans and a few of the humidistatically controlled fans recently in the last two weeks i've got um I think five or six jobs already installing solar fans on people's roofs. So instead of having the electrically connected fan, yeah, they're doing solar. And there are different, I think there's different qualities of solar fans you can buy. I think I found a few of the best. Mm-hmm. And um, that's important. But the nice thing about the solar fans is you don't have to connect them electrically. They'll yep. run with just a solar panel that's built into the top uh, top dome. Mm-hmm. And you get a 30% tax credit for the fan itself, the labor, and the taxes, the sales tax associated with it. You know, now in North Carolina, they charge sales, we charge sales tax for repairs and minor improvements. Now, if it's a capital expense or a major remodel or something, you don't have to pay sales tax. But on, you know, repairs and things, you have to pay sales tax now. Yeah. So up to $1,500. So if, if I come out to your house, Dave, and mm-hmm. I install the fan, purchase the fan, the whole deal, sales tax, as long as it's less than $1,500 or less, mm-hmm. you get a 30 to 30% tax credit. And that kind of, you know, tax credits come right off the bottom line. Right. That's not up in the, that's not up in the top part. That's down at the bottom. So yeah. Amen. that's a beautiful thing about the solar. The solar exhaust fan, does it include a battery component or does it only work when the sun shines, it it, it 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 only comes on during the sun. You can yeah. get them with thermostats, yeah, or you can get them without thermostats. If you get them without thermostats, then obviously, whenever the sun shines, uh, winter time or summer, yeah, they click on. And you do want them. You do want ventilation in your attic during the winter time. Don't think that you don't want ventilation in the winter time, because what you're dealing with in the winter time is moisture in your attic it, it, more so than in the summer, because mm-hmm. If you think about it for a second, it's really cold outside, right? Right. Well, in the winter, inside yeah. Your house is, inside your house is really warm. Yeah. Well, the attic becomes the condensating point between the exterior and the interior, almost like the outside of a, a glass of iced tea in the summertime. Yeah. That condensation is what happens in your attic. So ventilation in your attic is important during the winter. We're going to move so, out of the attic and around the house here, and I know we're getting... Yep. I know we're getting into the crawl space in just a few minutes. I know. Uh, the topic is ventilation, but you can call and ask us about anything or ask Tim from Handy Helpers and Making Your Home Great. 919 860 
888-900-9783. News Radio 680. WPTF. News Radio 680 WPTF. AccuWeather forecast on making your home great. Partly cloudy with a chance of a thunderstorm this afternoon and a high near 83. We are at 75 with a real feel of 85. The holiday weekend looks pretty good. I'm just going to tell you that about tomorrow and the next day. Tim Feruzzi from Handy Helpers and Highland Residential Roofing on today till 4 o'clock with me because Tim's the co-host and we always have him on. But we've got Robert in Fuquay to talk about storm damage. Robert, Hi, uh, what was it last night? Did you get hit last night? Oh, we got pounded with really? like baseball size hail. Yeah. And we have vinyl roofs. And uh, all the vents in our uh, roof are smashed and everything. So here's what I'm going to ask either you or Tim. Oh, yeah. I turned it into our insurance company, and they're going to send a person out within two days. We don't have roof leaks or nothing, thankfully. So uh, now I see all these people coming around with pickup trucks and whatnot, and they offer you, they can do this and this, and they can work with your insurance company. So how should, I, I, I am old school, so I figure I'm going to wait till the adjuster comes out and work with uh, people my insurance company recommends. And I want your opinion if I'm doing wrong or what I should do. Well, let's hear from Tim Feruzzi. Tim? Well, of course, you should call me. But uh, yeah, well, there's that. Aside from that, I'm kidding. <laughs> but, 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 those, those are uh, I, I call those guys storm chasers, Robert. Um, you know, they 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 watch the the storms, and a lot of those companies are, are out of town, headquartered, um, and then they may have a satellite office here. Some of them are, are totally right new into the area, and they and they say the they're bonded and insured. Yeah, um, true. Uh, they they say that, and that may or may not be true. Um, I've, I've, you know, of course, they're competitors of mine. But I would say that uh, you could certainly explore that uh, that route. Um, I wouldn't recommend that you sign anything. A lot of people, these guys come in and they make you sign the paperwork, and they say, if you sign this, I'll get everything handled. I'll handle the insurance company. I'll yeah, handle the money. They have done. So, Exactly. I don't recommend that. I think that what you should do, and I don't know that insurance companies recommend contractors a lot. Some of them may still do that. I think there was a conflict of interest thing at one time where they don't do a lot of that much anymore. But should Um, I wait for my uh, insurance guy to come out and make the claim? And uh, then, like I could tell you, Tim, or or how should I proceed here? Yeah, uh, yeah, to answer that question, I would say that uh, I would uh, try to get a head start and get an estimate if you can and then have it in your hand or in the process. Uh, So if the adjuster is out two weeks, you can certainly call me or someone else and and get a quote or two. And you're not required to get three quotes, by the way. Uh, That's a big... uh, uh, misnomer about that. It's you really can use who you want on your insurance. They've convinced you. The insurance industry has convinced you that you have to get three quotes or two quotes. That's mm-hmm. absolutely not true. Okay, you, you so can, I have. Uh, I don't know how to word this. Uh, 
<clears throat> so, uh, you want to say something harsh, don't you, Robert? Come, right, Robert. I'm just trying to know how to proceed here. Let me let me suggest something, Robert. I've got I've got a tiny bit of experience in this. Twenty years ago, I worked in that industry. Okay, okay. I worked in the I, I I and there are a couple of things. One, there's a qualitative difference between hanging out your shingle and offering to do work and showing up, knocking on the door, and saying, yeah, I can fix that. And okay? I want a quality job. Well, I, I'm, just, I'm just saying. Yeah. There, there's, and I don't want to talk people down. On the other hand, I don't buy steaks from the guy who comes by and says, he, I knocked on the neighbor's door and he won't answer, and I, I've got all these steaks and they're going to go bad before I get back to the office. You understand that, that deal? I, I understand. I don't buy. Going. I don't buy a driveway from a fellow who said that he did the neighbor's driveway. and He's got a bunch of extra asphalt. Okay, mm-hmm. because a guy who can't figure out how much asphalt he needs is not a high quality driveway guy. Okay. Tim, jump in if I'm wrong. Uh, yeah, and and I, 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 you're exactly right. Let me say one other thing, Robert. So I recommend that you. Go ahead and start getting an estimate from whoever you trust. Trust with the roof is a big thing. We're very quality-oriented, so we're not going to compete with some of these guys that are using guns and using tar paper because we, we've got upgrades on everything, and there's other companies like us that do the same thing. We're with Allstate, Tim, and they're yep. going to send an adjuster out on Tuesday. Yep. We don't have roof leaks. All our vents are smashed like pancakes, and... What my fear is, although a lot of the shingles don't look damaged, when you get mm-hmm. baseball or softball size hail, I'm thinking the whole roof has to be replaced. Well, the thing about it, you're right. Um, and just because it may not be so noticeable now doesn't mean that you haven't sustained damage with the longevity of the roof. So it's, it's just like anything. So sometimes you, you don't see it for five years what happened yesterday. So this so is the what, issue. So. so, again, here's what I'm going to ask you, Tim. I know you have Highland Roofing. So you come out, you give me a bid, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. There's no charge for that, correct? That's right. And then I have Allstate come and they do that. How does that work from there? Well, I'm not going to be able to get there before your adjuster gets there, it sounds like. But your adjuster will come out. He'll make an assessment. You don't have to, he may or may not write you a check on the spot. You don't have to um, make a decision around the spot. He's probably going to go back to the office or she's going to go back to the office and write up the estimate and send it to you. That gives you time. Plus, you hire someone like me or you want to hire somebody like me. Yes. I've submitted the quote on the back end, um, and I typically will get on the phone with the adjusters if I see differences in their pricing versus our pricing. So you will work with an insurance Oh, yeah, yeah, company. I do that all the time. Yeah, I do that all the time. And, Robert, you should know that there is a mature and professional relationship between construction companies and the insurance. That's where I'm getting at. Well, yes. When, if somebody... Let, down the road, yes. we don't know about them. But, Robert, if somebody said to you, you know, I can work with you on your uh, deductible or I can... I'll go to bat for you with your insurance company. Nobody needs to go to bat, okay? Because even if a year later 
somebody like Tim takes a look at a roof and says, no, there was damage a year ago when the baseball-sized hail came down. Insurance companies are mature and responsible enough to to deal with that situation. Do you understand what I'm saying, Robert? Uh-huh. Well, Don't feel I'm rushed. is like, so uh, these people come in, they're like saying they can upgrade from the regular shingles to architectural and same price and they can work with their insurance company. And, and then who knows where they are. Let's say a year from now I have a leak. This exactly. is why I was asking you guys, how should I proceed here? Well, uh, I mean, you're, you're right to be a little leery of them, uh, and not all of them are terrible. Uh, to answer your question, that is a concern. Is Are the guys going to still be around in a year or two if I have a leak or even three years? Mm-hmm. So that is something you need to be concerned about. So I wouldn't, like Dave says, I wouldn't be, I wouldn't feel rushed about it at all. We're still doing work um, from the May 2nd storm in Cary um, over a year ago. I see. We're into it We're into it a year and two months, and there's still insurance claims. People are finding out they got damaged. They didn't even realize it. So retroactively, you're still good to come back and file a claim later. You've already gotten ahead of the, the Well, the, I, I've only... The, game. the adjuster hasn't come out, but uh, I just was... I've, I've experienced storms before, but this uh, wrecked our siding. We had vinyl siding, and it did a number on the roof. And although a lot of the roof doesn't look good, I can't believe it's good. Yeah. If the siding is, is, is damaged, and usually it's on one or two sides of the house, and if you have gutters, they'll probably be dinged up. Yeah, of course. So if you've got that, then your roof is going to be replaced. Okay. Robert, so thank that's, you. That's almost, thank that's you. Thank you for your advice. Robert, I want you to check back with us. I really do. I want you to go ahead and feel comfortable to pick up the phone anytime between, you know, two and three especially, but anytime on this show and just check back with us. Find out how, how things worked out for you. All right. I will do that. Thank you. you. Bye. Take care, Robert. Hey, good luck. Okay. Now, Tim. Yep. Multiply this conversation by a hundred thousand, yep. and that's Houston and the surrounding areas in Texas. Right, unbelievable! What a what a tough situation. He's concerned about something that he might not be concerned about. Has your relationship? Well, he's, he's he's worrying a little bit, and yeah. we've had some. Recent experiences with the storm in uh, Pitt County. We've yeah. had the May 2nd storm in Cary, and of course that storm that came through northern, eastern Raleigh, uh, Zebulon, yeah. uh, spring a couple years ago. We've done tons of work. We deal with insurance companies all the time. Yeah. All right. Rob Clark is going to be on the second hour of this show just for a few minutes. We're going to talk with Rob from Carolina Restoration Services, this topic is going to continue with us through the hurricane season. But uh, obviously, we're going to talk more about ventilation with Tim Feruzzi of Handy Helpers at Highland Residential Roofing. And we are on the radio show called Making Your Home Great. AccuWeather forecast next, News Radio 680 WPTF.
News Radio 680 WPTF AccuWeather forecast. Partly cloudy, a chance of a thunderstorm. High near 83. Overnight low, 63. And then Sunday, a high near 83 degrees. Monday, very few clouds. 87, plenty of sunshine. Possibility of some rain and other dynamic weather later in the week. And next weekend, we could be talking about Irma. Actually, I'm kind of hoping we're not. 78 right now, Real Feel 86, News Radio 680 WPTF. Tim Ferruzzi of Handy Helpers and Highland Residential Roofing. And it, it, Tim kind of operates as a the, your uncle who gets interrupted at the party. He's in the middle of a story, and somebody says, Uncle Uncle Ned, it's time to come out and get some, get some potato salad. And he says, all right, I'll talk about that later. We were talking about ventilation and probably will continue for a while. Yep. Um, we we talk- were talking about solar exhaust fans. Yeah. And, uh, you want to finish up that conversation? Yeah, if you've, if you've got so, more on it. I like yeah. the idea that, you know, the sun shines, it's going to heat my roof, I'm going to, the fan's going to kick on. Right. Is there right. a reason why I would choose thermostatically controlled solar rather than just the sun shines yeah. on it? The, span, the exactly. thing fans? Exactly. That's what we were finishing up with. So if you get yeah. it without a thermostat, then... Yeah. Obviously, it's going to run year-round, mm-hmm. and uh, so it's going to keep the air moving. Whereas if it has a thermostat on it, it's going to kick on around 100 degrees. at the 100-degree point inside your attic, and it's mm-hmm. going to usually cut off at the 85-degree point. Yeah. So that tells you that your attic should be somewhere in the 85 to 100-degree temperature range versus over. Most of our attics end up being much warmer than that, and that means you're spending a lot of extra money on your utility bills as well as just wear and tear on your property. Um, moisture uh, moisture is a big issue, and the way it affects out of your attic, the way it affects your home is it can cause your paint to peel on the outside of the home, mm-hmm. paint to peel on the inside of the home. It causes the wood to rot. Um, it, it can cause is- issues with insulation in your attic. Uh, because of the moisture, your insulation gets wet, and that means your insulation is not working the way it should. Um, so just lots of reasons that you want to make sure that your attic ventilation is done right and appropriate. So you, a lot of people don't have enough ventilation going on in their attic, and they should address that, mm-hmm. and they'll find that that's a good investment if you do so. Crawl spaces, that's another area we've talked about many times on the show. Yeah. Um, you don't want the moisture content in the wood in your crawl space to be more than 20%. Right. So that's just a matter of taking a moisture reading in the actual, any of the pieces of lumber under the house. And you might go to different locations and you put the prod on it and you check. If it's 19, 18, 17%, you're probably okay. But once it hits 20% thereabouts yeah. and higher, it you get dry rot. And people think that wood has to actually touch water to get rotten, but if you have enough water in the air, the absorb the the wood absorbs it. Yeah, and it's called dry rot. So that's why you've got to be concerned with with uh, ventilation under your house. If you have have adequate ventilation uh, and you've addressed issues in different ways, then you can make sure structurally that your home is intact. And of course, moisture also comes from under the house and infiltrates your home and it causes your heat to work more or your air conditioning to work more depending on the time of year 
Uh, it causes the same thing we just talked about, peeling paint on the walls, on mm-hmm. the exterior. People think that peeling paint on the outside is just from the weather. It can be things that go on under your home or in your attic or inside your home yeah. that causes things to happen outside. I almost think, Tim, that I should have some sort of biometric meter, and we all should, that I have a th- I should have a thermometer permanently installed in the attic to tell me when it's 100 degrees or higher than 100 degrees. Because didn't you just say that 100 degrees is is kind of your target for your fan kicking on? Well, if your fans are kicking on at 100 and yeah. cutting off at 85, that tells you your preferred temperature range. You, why would you need that device that you're talking about, though, if you have the fans in the attic the way you need them? And okay. one other thing I want to mention, because yeah. I know we're getting short on time here, a lot of people that have ridge vents on the peak of their house yeah. um, think that, well, and there are some, some of the manufacturers out there that say if you have ridge vents, you shouldn't mix the type of exhaust vents that you have on your roof. Okay. But that's kind of the number one thing they say is try to keep them at the same height, try to install only one type of exhaust ventilation in the common attic area. Mm-hmm. And then secondly, and the third thing it mentions is um, make sure there's a balance between exhaust and intake. So if you can't get a balance in your attic by doing the number one and number two things, mm-hmm. you say you got ridge vent in the peak of your house, if you don't have enough ridge vent, if it gets hotter than 100 degrees, mm-hmm. then you should install a thermostatically controlled or humidistically controlled or a solar fan or a wind turbine like a Whirlybird. In addition to the ridge vent, you don't want it too close, but sometimes you have to mix your exhaust systems because you can't get the equal 50-50 otherwise. Mm-hmm. Do you understand? I do. Well, I know, let's put it this way. This is what I understood from what you said. Sometimes you got to pick up the phone and call Tim. <laughs> yeah, because I right. talk a lot and I say a lot of things no. fast, and it's probably easier for me to understand than others. And no, trying, what it I'm what it means is, layman's terms. if I can yeah. if I can say it in layman terms, sometimes the mathematics of a construction project the movement of air can only be examined and determined by somebody who does it every day. And this makes sense. Yep. And and if your suggestion is to put another vent in and somebody somewhere said, no, 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 you got to have them exactly match. You want to have this on this end and this on the other. Well, Tim's going to tell you. Example. Yeah, let please. Let me give you a quick example real fast. I went out to a, a house Thursday evening. It was my last appointment of the day. Yeah. And they're interested in a solar uh, fan. Mm-hmm. They've got a home that was built about three years ago, and all the neighbors are having problems with ventilation in their attic. They feel or a lot of them. So there were two or three neighbors at the house when I arrived because they want to kind of gang up on me and maybe have me also do <laughs> work on all their homes. So these, these roofs are very steep. They're hip roofs in some cases, and, of course, there's different designs in the neighborhood, all the same developer. Yeah. And... Um, first thing I notice when we go in the attic is that the ridge vent on the peak of the house is not cut properly. The gappage is wrong. On some of it, it's right, and on the other 70% of it, it's too small. So, first of all, they're not getting adequate ventilation there, With their, that, and the ridge vent would be a passive exhaust system. Yeah. Um, the other thing that I noticed was the roof has so much, the attic has so much cubic feet, meaning height, width, and length, yeah. that that little ridge vent up there 
can't handle all the hot air. We talked about that earlier on the show. Yeah. So in that case, they need another form of exhaust. That overrules the rule of not mixing exhaust. When you have that situation where you don't have enough exhaust, you have to add other components. So we're going to install two exa- uh, solar exhaust fans on the back of this house, mm-hmm. and two more of the neighbors are probably going to do it because they were there and they were they were quizzing me, asking me questions, and and so and they're going to get a tax credit if they do the project, and. Um, more neighbors may jump in. So a lot of people do have ventilation problems in their attic, and that's a huge problem in building construction. People are doing it wrong on installation, the primary installation, the build? They, they, they're, not, they're, not, they're not following the science of it. That's, that's the, there's, a, there's a science to it. You need to have a pro come out and take a look. And a lot of roofers, just because they're roofers, doesn't mean they're, they understand the science of it either. You need someone that is got that kind of background that understands and cares yeah. about how ventilation should be done on the roof so that you can talk about it and make sure that you're spending your money wisely. All right. That makes sense. It does make sense. Um, coming up, we're going to continue the discussion of ventilation in and out of your questions. 919-860-9783. Also, in the first couple of minutes of the show, we're going to talk with Rob Clark of Carolina Restoration Services. We're going to talk a little bit about uh, recovering from a weather event like we've just gone through, but also uh, the situation in Houston. And, you know, I, frankly, if you didn't think flood insurance over the last week, you don't own a house because everybody's thinking it now. So we're going to talk about that coming up. On Making Your Home Great, Dave Alexander, Tim Ferruzzi, News Radio 680, WPTF. WPTF. Take me home tonight. I don't want to let you go to News Radio 680, WPTF. Making Your Home Great is the radio show that we're listening to right now, between 2 and 4, every Saturday. We're here in studio talking about your home and in some ways try to keep it uh, intact and in some ways to uh, uh, repair it or improve it. Uh, Of course, a co-host on the show is Tim Ferruzzi from Handy Helpers and Highland Residential Roofing. Uh, Good afternoon, Tim. Hello. Making your home great also brings in experts who will have some insight about uh, your home and how to how to protect it, how to make it good. Rob Clark is with us. Rob is with Carolina Restoration Services. And Rob, great to have you on the show. Thank you for answering our our, uh, plea for for help. How you doing, Rob? I'm good. No no problem at all. Thanks for having me. Good. You're welcome. Now talk to me, if you can, about what we kind of eased into and everybody else is talking about, which is this Houston situation. I ended the last hour by saying if if you didn't think about flood insurance over the last week, even just a little bit, you must be renting. Is there mm-hmm. do do you deal a bit with renter or with uh, flood insurance, Rob? We we do a little bit. Um, I mean, the main thing that if you look back to when Matthew came through, I think a lot of people should have really thought about it after that. Cause yeah. We, we saw a lot of people then that really didn't have a, have any flood insurance, and and that's the problem. I mean, if it if you have water coming through the roof or anything like that, then the insurance 
can cover it, but if it's, mm-hmm. if it's groundwater that's intruding your home then, and you don't have flood insurance, then you're not going to have coverage. And unfortunately, we saw a lot of that with Matthew, and I, I'm hoping a lot of people sort of would have done something about it then, but you really don't know what people do with their insurance. Is that undersold? In other words, are there a lot of people right now in Houston and in other parts of the country finding out that they don't have it? I would imagine, yeah, there's a, a lot of people. I mean, with Houston, um, I mean, flood insurance, I, I believe, I was talking to uh, one of my insurance agents recently, and they said that flood insurance normally has a maximum of 250000 for the property and 250000 for the content. Which yes. I believe there's a, a lot of properties out, out in Houston that will be a, a lot more than that, but they won't have any coverage. So there'll be a lot of people, I guess, that are, are in the, the worst possible situation. Rob, isn't there sort of a weird sweet spot? spot? Uh, we're going to talk about Carolina Restoration Services, but I, I do want to ask about this. Isn't there sort of a weird sweet spot? If you need it, I mean, you absolutely need flood insurance, then you can't get it? It's something that basically, if a, an event is going to happen, or the thing with flood insurance, when you apply for it, yeah. there's a 30-day waiting period to get the, the policy processed. And that only starts once you actually purchase the flood insurance. So it doesn't, it's not the application, it's once you actually buy the insurance. And then, but if there's an event such as we're looking at um, Irma right now and, and where that can go, right. most companies won't issue any flood insurance while there's a, a possibility of an event about to happen. Man, oh man. All right. So Rob, Carolina Restoration Services. Suppose for a moment, and this is not a hypothetical, it's it's what you do every day, there's a house either flooded out or there's a property that's been damaged by fire, but of course fire is only one part of it because the fire department delivers a lot of water. Mm-hmm. What do people then need to do in that house and what does Carolina Restoration Services do within that house? Well, that's where, I mean, part of us, and us being... Um the size company we are, we handle every sort of facet of that sort of thing. When one does have a fire or that sort of situation, we come in and the fire department with have to use their hoses. It generally becomes a, a pretty serious water loss on top of the fire as well. Right. So right. And there's a dry out that has to be done. And then basically we would go through and like pack out uh, the whole contents of the home. And obviously there'll be certain things that the homeowners may not want, but anything that they do want, we pack it out to, to clean it and then store it in our facility. And then once the dry out is done, we put together an estimate to do repair and, and get that side of it done before we let the, the contents go back into the home. You're talking about uh, pulling things out of the home and storing them, but you're also talking about the dry out. What do you need mm-hmm. at that point? What Do you, do you need um, uh, air treatment uh, uh, for the interior air? Do you need fans? Do you need... Uh, Dehumidifiers? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you replace uh, fans, fans and dehumidifiers around the home um, in a specific pattern that ha- helps speed the dry drying process. Um, and then normally dry outs generally take between three to five days, depending on on how bad the water damage is and what sort of what, what stuff to, uh, under the floor and, and such things like that. But you generally look at three to five days on the dry out process. The the thing that uh I'm stunned by is the fact that we're talking about 100,000 homes, if not a few more or a few uh, below 100,000, times fans, multiple fans, times multiple air movers, times multiple dehumidifiers, 
Houston is in a situation and a half. Um, yeah, and, and I mean the other side of it. I mean, but it, I mean, generally most people really won't have any flood insurance, and in which case, I mean, unless it, it's unfortunate, but I mean the way most the way most people would, would be able to sort of deal with the cost to refinance their home if that was actually a possibility. And, I mean, other than that, unless like you have a, a pretty nice looking bank account, it's incredibly difficult to get that stuff done. So a lot of those people will probably leave. The things how they are, or try and take care of it, take care of it themselves, and then that down the road will right. bring into it the, the possibility of growth and sorts of things. I've been told that people can still, or at this point, even on some neighborhoods that are starting to dry out, they can smell the mold at the road. Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously, I mean, you'll have um, FEMA will try to step in and do what they can to help. But I mean, there's probably only so, so much money that can go around, and obviously, it's a, a, a huge catastrophe that they've had down there. So the process is to dry things out. Uh-huh. Drywall, um, sheetrock. I don't know which one is the right term. Tim keeps correcting me. Um, if it, if it's wet, is it wasted? Pretty much. I mean, if it's in that sort of situation where it's literally underwater, then I mean, it's, it's generally it's a cheaper situation to actually rip out those materials rather than trying to dry them. They're not the most expensive materials so yeah. on those sides of things it's generally cheaper to remove that and that's the way we, we try to look at like, the best interest of the homeowner if, if it's cheaper to replace something than it is to dry it then we try to make those sort of recommendations now how about flooring uh rob your company goes in quickly i'm assuming and <laughs> makes some effort to save the flooring that's in a house that's either been in a fire or a flood situation yeah i mean it just depends what it is i mean with hardwoods that, that, that you can um if the fire hasn't got it and it's just wet, then there is still a chance that you can save those hardwoods. You know, a lot of it depends on how quickly you get on site and getting some airflow in there, especially on the ground floor. If we can get the insulation removed from, from the crawl space so that you get some airflow under there and it's not getting any less on the actual hardwoods, it gives us a good chance to save it. But on, it just depends on what the sort of flooring is and and how long it's been wet before we either get notified or before we get on site. Well, Tim Ferruzzi, jump in as necessary or as you've got a question. Um, uh, you've, I, agree, I agree with everything he's saying. Yeah. Uh, Tim is uh, our resident uh, anti-mold expert. I don't want to call him a mold expert because he really hates mold and he hates moisture, <laughs> okay, in your house. Um, after a fire, Rob, does there anti-mold procedures that a company like yours employs? Yeah, I mean, as long as we get there before the, the mold growth starts and we get the drying process up and running and get that taken care of, then there's not too much we, we need to do on that front. I mean, we obviously, we can use things like microban and things that pull around just to make sure that growth doesn't sort of start. And things. Just to, I mean, if we find it and there is mold in the home, then we, do, we require a mold test to be done so that we can put the right protocols to make sure that we, we take care of everything as it should be, and make sure that we take care of the problem completely so that nothing returns. All right. Rob, do you suggest that people call their insurance people right now and find out whether they have flood insurance? It's something, I mean, I work with a lot of insurance agents, and I, I mean, I know personally that pretty much any time someone insurance insurance or try to sell them flood insurance as a precaution or yeah. necessity that but most people just don't it's not that expensive I think it generally ranges 
well, depending on the home, I think you're looking somewhere between three and six hundred or right. something in that region. Um, it's a little hard to hear, uh, Rob, but he said between three and six hundred per home, depending on the size of your home. Am I correct on that, Rob? It, it, it may go more than that. Like, yeah. I think I think it's in that sort of region. But it's yeah, it's it's something that I think most people generally turn it. That's I mean, it's definitely something worth looking at. And obviously, I mean, I know a lot of, from speaking to agents yesterday. A lot of people, I think, one of my right, one of my, one of my clients sold six flood policies yesterday. So people are obviously thinking about it. Yeah, but I mean, as far as I was concerned. The okay. coverage won't be, won't be there in time for that. But Rob, here's the thing. The phone is breaking up, which just means that, you know, you can get insurance for a lot of things, but, you know, bad cell connections, you can't, you can't uh, correct. Um, that is true. Rob Clark of Carolina Restoration Services. I hope, I, I hope that people don't need you in the next coming weeks, but, of course, I hope that whatever people need you get in touch with you. How can we get in touch with you? Basically, yeah. Um, our, our phone number is nine one nine four six nine one nine five five, or that they can look us up online at carolinarestorationservices.com. dot com. Um, but yeah, it's it's something. I mean, we're, hopefully Irma doesn't come this way, and it will head back out to sea, and it won't affect anybody. But right. if, if we can be of service, we're always happy to help. Rob, thank you. Thanks, Rob. No problem. Good information. Thank you very much. I appreciate. Yep, take care. It's too late, man. Tim Ferruzzi. It's too late for me to get. Uh, flood insurance i may already have it i don't know <laughs> but you but you know something tim the weird thing and we may have to get an insurance person in here at some point and talk about what's covered and what's not when i did my short stint working for a construction company that did insurance repairs i found out that an insurance company will not pay for the removal of a really tall heavy tree near your house unless it falls on your house Mm -hmm. now whether that's true here whether somebody has solved that situation or not i don't know but there are little things like he's he's saying well some types of insurance will cover water in your house that came through a busted roof but if the water came from the ground it might not might not well, be covered. Yeah, yeah, if you've got if you've got regular homeowners insurance, uh, if you've got a busted pipe or water heater in the house that floods out the interior of the house, yeah, that's that's covered. Even though it's 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 that's a flood, but it's coming from the water supply right. of your home or something busted. But if it's water that comes from groundwater outside, and you have a basement or even you know, or it gets so high that it comes in your home if you've got a crawl space or a slab, yeah. you're not covered if you don't have flood insurance, is what I generally understand to be the readings of the policies. Uh, the telephone number here is 919-860-9783. 919-860-9783. I hope that next week we're not in the throes of Hurricane Irma, but even, you know, if we are or if we're not, we're going to talk about making your home great And for the next 40 minutes, we invite you to call right now, 919-860-9783. If there is a Hurricane Irma in North Carolina next weekend, I am parking my car with 275,000 miles on it underneath that tree, and nobody can stop me. Call us up. Get a question in this afternoon on Making Your Home Great. News Radio 680 WPTF.
News Radio 680 WPTF quick AccuWeather forecast, then more with Tim Feruzzi of Handy Helpers and Highland Residential Roofing. Uh, the AccuWeather forecast calls for a thunderstorm this afternoon, high near 83, overnight low near 63. Uh, Sunday is sunshine, clouds, and 83, and then Monday, all sun with a high near 87. Really nice. Tuesday's also sunny as well. 81 at this moment with a real feel of 86. News Radio 680 WPTF. I'm Dave Alexander. Tim Ferruzzi with us. We're talking about uh, your home. Talk to us at 919-860-9783. Tim, I've invented something. Mm-hmm. We're talking about ventilation. There's yep. this concern about underneath our homes that there's too much, what, there's too much moisture. Yes? Why is there no air? Maybe it is. Maybe I've invented something that it doesn't that does exist. Why is there no simple redneck strap-on device that you can put in those useless little vents, right? Uh That would either move the air around or dehumidify. They already exist. Ah, for Pete's sake. (laughs) They exist? See, I th- here's my thinking. My thinking is an air conditioner is the wrong size, right? A window air conditioner is the size of a window. Those little tiny holes are far smaller. Mm-hmm. So what device exists? What can I do to move air around the, uh, the crawl space? And you're talking about the foundation vents. Yeah, the foundation vents are perfect size for some sort of air movement. Yeah, well, uh, there's... There's uh, humidistatically controlled exhaust fans, yeah. which would be really relevant in a crawl space. Okay. And those are typically installed uh, in one or two locations, and they could be associated with the foundation bench, or they could have their own hole. Yeah. And um, some of the, uh, we do that, but also a lot of termite uh, companies, uh, pest control companies offer that uh, service as well. Right. And um, we had a, a caller uh, about a month ago where he just was had a, a fan, a regular fan under his house. Yeah. And he, he was questioning whether that was a, a good thing or a bad thing. And I said, it's a good thing because you've got air movement. You know, yeah. anytime you can get the air moving under the house, the better, because a lot of times our houses below are, are stagnant. You know, right. the, the moisture comes from the ground and it destroys our wood and our insulation. And, and uh, you know, 85% of what's under your house ends up in your house. Uh, as far as moisture and, and just bioaerosols uh, to some effect. So, um, you know, crawl spaces can be done at, on a full scale with a, a dry sealed crawl space, which is where you eliminate your foundation vents. Mm-hmm. And you come in with a, as we've described it many times, an upside down shower cap, like you put a shower cap on your head to stop mm-hmm. the hair from getting wet. Yeah. You know, upside down under the house it would cover the dirt and go up the walls under the house and up the piers and it stops the moisture from coming from the ground up into the crawl space area which in turn would also come into the house so you're basically building a a waterproof barrier and um, you would eliminate your foundation vents you'd put a dehumidifier in Mm -hmm. and that would be considered a full-scale dry sealed crawl space but sometimes you can do modified versions of that you can put uh, sand under the house. I've seen, you never really, uh, one thing that you need to be aware of, kind of backtrack in just a second, if you open up your crawl space door and you notice that 
it's deeper in the crawl space than it is outside, meaning your ground level outside is six inches or a foot higher than the floor of the crawl space. Yeah. That's not a good that's not a good situation because here here's what you've got. If you removed your house for instance, yeah. just yeah. imagine removing your house. What would you have in your where you removed your house? You'd have a big hole in the middle of the yard, right? Yes, and where you have a big hole in the middle of the yard, when it rains and whatever, all the moisture wants to come to the yeah. hole. Yeah. So you want your crawl space ground to preferably be at the same level as the outdoor area or above, and that's where bringing in sand, yes. if you've got the, the room, would be a helpful thing. Now, coming in with good quality sand, you'd want, you don't want to use dirt. Uh, I would use like a mortar sand, a white sand, something very high quality. Yeah. And you'd have to bring that in by the truckload. And, of course, you've got the labor of getting it into the house and spreading it around. But we've done that in instances. I've got James in Garner who wants to comment on insurance. James, thank you for calling. How are you? All right. How are you all? Good. What's up? I have two insurance questions. Well, we know we you know we're not ex- experts in insurance, but go ahead and ask us anyway. Okay, I just turned the radio on. It's all right. Go ahead. No, Father. Uh, if I have a huge tree on my yard and falls on my house, my insurance pay for it. Well, it depends on your insurance, I'm sure. Okay, but yes, most of the time they will. Yeah. How about if it falls on my neighbor's house? then your neighbor's insurance would have to take care of that. They call that an act of God. So your neighbor's insurance would have to pay uh, for that to be um, uh, fixed. Uh, I'll give you an example of something that's a little different. But I was talking to my wife about it. Uh, one of my neighbor's tree fell uh, from their yard, crossed the street, and fell into my front yard. Didn't damage anything in my front yard, but there was about 14 feet of the tree sitting in my yard. Mm-hmm. So the funny thing is, is the city comes out and they cut the tree up out in the street and they get rid of it. The city does that, right? And then the neighbor cuts up the tree over in their yard. <laughs> and, you know, they're my neighbor. I'm thinking, well, why didn't you cut up your tree that's sitting in my yard, <laughs> right in my front yard? Wouldn't that be a neighborly thing to do? I would have done that for them. Amen. They didn't do that. And I walked over there and said, you know, if your tree fell in my yard, barring any damage to the property or car or anything, I would have, well, at the same time I was getting my tree cut up on my side in my yard, I would have come over there as a gentleman and done that in your yard and gotten rid of that tree because it's my tree. And they didn't because they thought it was an act of God. But, you know, I mean, common sense is one thing, right? Yeah. But with a tree falling on someone else's yard uh, or, or house, that is considered uh, their insurance company usually picks that up. Okay. Even though it's your even though it's your tree. Okay. Yep. I I appreciate the Yes sir. Yep. What you can tell me on that. All right, James. Yep. Was there another question cuz we're getting yep. mighty close to the time the news person wants to talk. Just those two questions was all on insurance. All right. Well, let me just let me just put you on hold. We'll find out how important the the the, the question is cuz you know, James is going to be on hold. Our news is coming up in just a few short moments. We're not experts on insurance uh, by any stretch of the means, but we'll go ahead and find somebody in the future weeks if we continue to have questions about home insurance. I think maybe we need to invite somebody, and that's what we do. Go ahead and call us about your questions. 919-860-9783. 919 919- 
860-9783, making your home great. We are talking about what you want to talk about and also home ventilation today A News Radio 680 WPTF. Time for news. News Radio 680 WPTF AccuWeather forecast. A thunderstorm or two this afternoon at a high temperature near 83, low 63. Then tomorrow and for Monday, sunshine with a few clouds tomorrow. But temperatures between 83 on the high end Sunday and 87 on Monday. That's great, really. And there's no mention of rain in those two forecasts. 81 with a real feel of 86. News Radio 680 WPTF. Big thanks to Rob Clark from Carolina Restoration Services, who was on just about a half an hour ago, or yeah, less than that, a few minutes ago, talking about, obviously, Carolina Restoration Services and insurance. And we got us into a couple of you know, it, it was fun, but it, it, we were into a couple of subjects that Tim and I don't usually talk about. James and Garner's got one more question. How you doing, James? All right. Good. What's up? Yeah, that second question was the one I asked at first. Yeah. Uh, would it cover my house? And you said it'd be up to my, what my insurance would say. A tree on your house is generally your homeowner's insurance. Yeah, 90, 98% of all of, in fact, probably 100% of all the situations I've seen, if it's a tree and it hits your house, you're covered. Oh, right. Unless that's recent, unless that's recently changed, you know, all, insurance companies are always trying to figure out different ways not to, not to pay this or pay that, uh, you know, not, no disrespect to the insurance industry, but I keep getting these addendums. They don't cover this. They don't cover that. They don't cover this. They don't cover that. But trees, as far as I know, are still uh, covered when they hit your home. All right, I or your or your car. James, thank you. Thank you. All right, we were talking about ventilation. We talked about the word mold and got a phone call on that. I, I think your your first name is Freeney. Yes. Yes. Uh, what is your question for Tim Ferruzzi? By the way, Tim Ferruzzi of Handy Helpers and Highland Residential Roofing. Go ahead. Hi. Uh, thanks for taking my call. Yeah. Uh, recently, my annual um, uh, pest inspection, I think mold inspection, the termite inspection people came, and then they looked at the uh, annual inspection. They came to my crawl space, and then they said, I have some mold here and there, and I need to come up with this uh, $2,500 or so to get this machine and all of those when uh, insulation and yearly $150 or so for the package, and yes. I, I, I got lost. I want to know what is the, re, what is the reality. You want to know okay. what is the reality? Yes. What, okay. You're asking, what, well, it sounds to me like what you need to do is get a second opinion. Yes. yes. I mean, if someone if someone tells you you've got, uh, you know, cancer, you're probably going to want to go and verify that. So if someone tells you you've got damage under your home and you need to spend this amount of money, I would think you'd want to get a second opinion or, or or have some conclusive evidence that they present you that definitely shows you that these are the things you need to do and here's how much it's going to cost. And it was the pest control company that discovered this, Brainy? Yeah, this is not pest control, it's a termite inspection. Yeah, termite. Termite right. inspection, okay. Yeah, yeah. How long have you had uh, policy with those guys? Oh, they do annual inspection once a year. I pay about 100 bucks, so... 
My home is relatively you, you, new. It is only, but this is three years old. Yes. So, and uh, the, I have another uh, another one a handyman who does a fair bit of stuff. He yeah. looked at it and then he mentioned it, it is a minor. It's not a big alarming thing, but I still wanted to give a professional to look at it and then give me a sound opinion, sound advice. Yep. And the other thing you need to think about too with moisture under your house is. What is the source? And we've talked about that many times on this show. Do you have a drainage issue in your yard? Do you have? Do you lack gutters where water's coming right off your roof in many spots? And, and you know, even if you have a few gutters, do you have it everywhere you should? So, or, or if you do have gutters, are the downspouts, you know, taking the water away, or are they just dropping it right next to your house, and and that's not helping situations a whole lot more. So you want to look at the source of the problem, not just uh, what's resulted, um, because um, a lot of times I've gone out to properties and, and looked at it and said, well, you know, we can lower your moisture under your house from 22% down to 18%, I think, by adding these gutters, and let's get it piped underground and over to this ravine or this ditch or to the curb mm-hmm. and um, solve the problem. And then that way they weren't just, still dealing with, you know, they do these things under the house, it's costing more money to run these fans and do this and do that, it's more maintenance versus the gutter, um, obviously requires maintenance, but you've solved that problem plus many other problems that you didn't realize you had. So those are other considerations uh, that you need to consider, like landscaping, maybe the design of the property, the bushes that you have, the driveway, you know, where's the water coming from? Okay. So, how so, do I? Uh, what are, What is the best way to reach you? You guys to, to, to reach me? Yeah, to reach me, you can call us or email us. Um, if you want to email, you can do it right through our website um, under the quote section on the menu bar. Uh, e- website address is Handy Helpers Remodel. Handy, Handy Helpers Remodel. Yep. Remodel. Okay. Remodel. R E M O D E L. You can also go to HandyHelpers.com. We own that that domain as well, handyhelpers.com, if you want it a little quicker. Um, But I'm doing other things with that website eventually, so handyhelpersremodel.com is the one I... And then also, you can call us at um, 919-676-5969. Can you repeat again, please? Uh, 919-676-5969. Okay. Thank you. Preeny, thank you. Thanks for your time, man. I appreciate you calling in. Telephone number here, 919-860-9783. 919-860-9783. And, Tim, we've mentioned before that as a part of that inspection that pest control companies do, they do put a, a, a moisture reading to the wood. And why do they care about that? Well, because, um, and it's good because we're talking about ventilation, right? So the more moisture you have in the wood, Mm -hmm. or the more moisture you have under your house, whether it be absolute humidity or relative humidity, the more bugs get attracted to it, Mm -hmm. because, or termites, or other bioaerosols, plant matter, you know, a mold, mildew likes to grow where there's moisture and there's wood, because that's food. Right. And, um, And then you start getting deterioration. Yeah. Well, I guess that makes sense. But again, 
if they discover something, they got to turn it over. People have to pick up the phone, call a construction and repair company. Uh, that only makes sense. Yeah, well, you know, the moisture, so the termite companies also want to make sure there's not so much moisture under the house that it, that it uh, dissipates their chemicals. Yeah. Uh, so when they work under your house, they're, they're using chemicals, and if there's too much moisture, it also dilutes it and uh, makes it not as effective. But, but again, probably more so than that is just the fact that it attracts critters and uh, bioaerosols, which causes structural rot, and then there becomes liabilities uh, for the um, pest control company if they're saying, well, we're going to certify that you don't have termites. Yeah. Um, then obviously they have to back that up, and they have to come back to you annually and inspect the property and say, we see this as a potential problem or this is a potential problem, and it needs to be addressed in order for us to continue carrying out the warranty that we're offering you against termites or against mildew or mold. But again, you don't always have to go with them in mm-hmm. having that done. You can seek outside sources to have that done. They like that you do that with them because they're already got their foot in the door and have a contract with you to come out and do the work, and it's yeah. an upsell. But you can also call other people to address the same situation, and you're owed that information from the termite people to be able to show to the contractor, hey, here's what is going on. Can you solve my problem? Or is there another problem that's causing this, as we just discussed a few minutes ago? Yeah. The critter company that we do business with, uh, we actually, you know, the contract expired. They came out and did it anyway. They came out and did, did more work. And I'll tell you what, if you do work around my house without my wife's permission, you have walked into dangerous territory. Um, you know, if you have a contract with a group of people, make sure the contract is, you know, it's current and, you know, because my wife gave them, they left a, they left a bill for work that they did and, you know, we didn't want them to do. Um, always, always stay close to your, to your contractors and know who's going to come out and do whatever. Um, but the, uh, the topic of the day is ventilation. We talked about the crawl space. We talked about the attic. Is there a reason to talk about the rest of the house? Well, yeah. Um, yeah. Aren't we getting okay. ready to take a break? Well, we are in a couple of minutes, but I'd like to, okay. you know, okay. I like All to right. open a can of worms so that the listener can imagine that there's a can of worms opened well, and that we can then talk about let's, it. Let's talk a little bit more about the attic. Yeah. Um, okay. Just for a minute. We, yeah. we haven't talked about attics a whole lot on this show versus crawl spaces. We've, had, we've covered crawl spaces a lot. Yeah. So in the attics, Again, you're going to have a fresh air intake, right? And that's usually your overhangs. You have these perforated holes in your vinyl siding, or you have these vents. And uh, in the last couple of weeks, we've gone and installed soffit vents in people's homes that didn't have them to help with their ventilation. So it's critical to have the fresh air intake. Some of the exhaust uh, mechanisms for the hot air outtake um, of the attic would be ridge vents, and those are a passive system. They, they're built in with the roof. They sit on the peak of the house, yep. and uh, they're usually covered with shingles. There's an aluminum version as well, and you do a cut in the roof, and you put this over it, and it's at the very peak. So if you see these roofs in your neighborhood or on your home, you've got a little thing at the very top. It looks like it's elevated a little bit, and it goes the span of the roof ridge and maybe stops a foot or two before the end of the house. Yep. That's a ridge vent. That's a passive ridge vent. It lets out the hot air out of the attic. Right. Um, you also have whirly birds or 
um, they're they're they they're yeah. historic. You know the way they turn with the wind yeah. and the heat in the attic helps them turn as well. So that's another passive system. And then of course you've got the solar fans we just talked about, where you get the thirty percent tax credit. That's passive in the fact that it runs off of the sun. It's a green product, and that's why the government offers you, the federal government and the state in some cases offer you tax credits. Yeah. Federal for sure, 30%, and I'm not sure what the state is. You probably get another tax credit there. And then you've got the electrically controlled, uh, thermostatically controlled fans in the roof that help exhaust, and they kick on typically at the 100-degree point, yeah. and they kick off at the 85-degree point. Um, and then, of course, you can put them in gable ends, the fan without the housing on the roof. You can actually put the motor in the end of an attic mm-hmm. gable vent that helps exhaust the attic, and it has a thermostat. Or you can get humidistats, which um, you know read the moisture content and, and start kicking on when the humidity gets to a certain point. And we talked about using those right. in crawl spaces as well. All right. We'll talk about this more in just a couple of moments. 919-860-9783. 919-860-9783. Tim Ferruzzi of Handy Helpers and, of course, Highland Residential Roofing on Making Your Home Great News Radio 680 WPTF. It's 81 degrees with an overnight low expected about 63. Thunderstorms a possibility this afternoon. And then for Sunday, a high only up to 83 with sunshine and clouds. And Monday, it's up to 87. Really pleasant couple of days. If you have a chance to enjoy it with your family, go ahead and do that. Uh, Tuesday, you know, if you had Tuesday off, that'd be ideal. A mostly sunny and more humid 89. Right now it is 81 degrees, real feel, 86. News Radio 680 WPTF. And the uh, television or the radio program is called Making Your Home Great uh, with uh, Tim Ferruzzi of Handy Helpers. And HandyHelpersRemodel.com, the website for that, and HighlandRoofersNC.com. Did I goof up the .com on that one, Tim? Yeah, it's uh, HighlandRoofing. Roofing. I write fast. I am so sorry. I was parked on handyhelpersremodel.com today um, rather than the other, and there is a contact button, and you get the telephone number and the Gmail address for Tim. But the uh, 919 for Tim, 919-676-5969. All right, Tim. What else do we have to talk about ventilation? Well, uh, ventilation, we talked about the, uh, the different types of vents. Uh, now, the, the vents that you put on the roof, you can get done. Most of them are aluminum, these yeah. exhaust vents. Uh, you can also get those in copper. Uh, remember, you get the 30% tax credit if you use solar. That's uh, up to $1,500. Right. Um, and then um, when you're installing these exhaust fans, they say you have to because you don't have enough ridge vent, you don't have enough intake versus outtake is not equal. If you have to install an exhaust fan, whether it be solar or thermostatic controlled or humidistically controlled, make sure you do it at least three feet uh, higher than the, um, the exhaust should be three feet higher than the intake. So, for instance, if you're overhang uh, down below, you don't want that exhaust fan to be two feet 
next to the overhang. You want it to be up higher. Yeah. And if if you're having to put in an exhaust fan and you already have a ridge vent, you want to try to keep it down mm-hmm. three feet away from that too, so it doesn't because the the ridge vent may to some effect turn into an intake yeah. at certain locations because you do this, which is not a terrible thing because if that thing clicks on. Mm-hmm. It's because the passive ridge vent system wasn't able to handle all of the heat in the attic anyways. So it maybe it handles it in most cases, but not in all cases. So try to keep the fan down maybe halfway down the roof line, um, away from the ridge if you've got a ridge vent, and away from the, the soffit vent. So about halfway, and typically you see these installed on the back of the house. And um, they do sell some solar fans that have adjustable panels that are related to the fan that that you can adjust based on where the sun's at. So that's a handy thing as well. Um, And then, you know, when you're determining the CFMs, CFMs are being, that's your cubic feet per minute. These fans typically uh, will remove 800 to 1,600 CFMs. So basically 800 to 1,600 cubic feet per minute is what most of these fans do. Yeah, um, and that can be calculated in a number of ways. If you have a steep roof, you're going to want to add twenty percent to the calculation, and if you have a dark roof, you're going to want to add fifteen percent to the calculation. So, when you do your roof job, consider going with a lighter shingle if you if you can handle it based on the color of your house, mm-hmm. because you will save money. You know, typically the dark shingles or 165 degrees at the touch when it's, say, 95 degrees outside, whereas the lighter shingles might be 135 degrees. So you're talking about a 35-degree difference there at the touch, and, of course, that translates in your attic by a certain percentage of that and, of course, into your home by another percentage of that. So you consider, you know, just wanting to mention that because you may have a dark roof, you would have to add 15% to your calculations on your CFM needing of a fan, it just shows you how much hotter attics get because of the color of your roof. So that's why I mentioned that. It's Uh, not necessarily true that everybody needs an additional venting if they have the ridge vent. I'm I'm trying to get a yes or no. I mean, that's yes, absolutely true. So if you have any questions, yeah. Um, Put a thermometer up in your attic during the summertime, or we're going to still have some hot days this fall. Yeah. Put a thermometer up there and see what it's doing. If it's hitting over 100 degrees, 110 degrees, then uh, you yeah. might need more ventilation. And the so, air the air is supposed to go from, correct me if I'm wrong on the vocabulary, the soffit, which is the, uh, you sit on your porch, yeah, you look upstairs. You know, what, you know yeah. what the overhang is? Everybody's got an overhang on their house. Yeah. That's the soffit. That's supposed to pull air upward, or the air is going to come the in there, air, right? That's where the cool air comes in, right? and then it rises through the attic, kind of circular, sweeping, and then, you know, the whole thing, the whole uh, view is to get your attic circulating air. So cool air comes in, hot air goes out the top. So that's the goal. Now, uh, I know that in that area of my house, I have insulation. Does insulation sometimes get in the way? It can. Um, you've got to have baffles. Code code requires what's called a baffle, and a baffle is a piece of styrofoam that's kind of 
square shaped but has some gaps so you put that down by the uh where the roof line and the exterior wall of the house meet and that allows the airflow to go over the insulation so the insulation can't block yeah. the soffits from going to breathing into the attic and then of course uh out the ridge vent or the exhaust vent or a combination of the two and you and i so, both know that there are people who finish off their their Attics. their attic, but finish it not just the attic is the bonus room. Yep. And this whole system still applies to the area above the garage. It does. When you have a when you finish out an attic, what you have to do first of all, you've got to make sure that the insulation you install is to code, and uh, codes and ceilings now are R thirty for insulation, and commercials are mm-hmm. R thirty eight. So R thirty, you'd have to build out R um, R. 30 bat insulation, I think, is usually about 10 and a quarter thick. So if you've got rafters in your attic that are 7 and a quarter, you have to build that out another 3 or 4 inches, then you would want to probably still consider having baffles in certain locations, uh, especially down towards the bottom. So when you build out those rafters and make them thicker yeah. so that you can put your insulation, you still have that dead air space of 1 to 2 inches that allows a soffit down at the overhang to bring the air up through along the plywood over the insulation and out the ridge. And in those situations, you're mostly going to want to use the passive system because installing an exhaust vent and a vaulted ceiling uh, wouldn't do you much good because of each one is channeled, meaning that you've only cut, you're only taking care of a certain amount of space. Now, if you do put in an exhaust fan, you could put it up by the peak, but if you got a soffit, a ridge vent up there, that's kind of pointless because you're reversing the situation. So in most of those scenarios, you would just use a complete passive system, and, of course, you're using R30 insulation, which is an upgrade, and you just deal with the lesser of the two evils. You've just got a passive system, and it may not be ideal, but you don't have many other choices in that scenario. Tim's telephone number, you want to contact him directly, 6, well, it's a 919 Six seven six five nine six nine, or the contact button at handyhelpersremodel.com. Tim, thank you very much. Yes, sir. You I'll see you next week. Next week, we're talking yeah. concrete and making your home great. WPTF.